You are listening to Western Iowa's information leader, KCIM. I'm Nathan Cones here with your noon news for Wednesday, February 1st, 2023. The trial for a Lytton man responsible for an extensive manhunt by Carroll Area Law Enforcement last November is scheduled to begin next month. 47-year-old Victor Henry Scalco Jr. is charged with one Class C felony, first-degree theft, and three Class D felonies, unlawful possession of a firearm, eluding, and assault while displaying a dangerous weapon. Those charges stem from a November 4th incident in Carroll involving the Carroll Police Department, Carroll County Sheriff's Office, Iowa State Patrol, and multiple other agencies. Authorities say Scalco assaulted a woman at her residence earlier that day and stole her vehicle. He then fled from an attempted traffic stop in town at a high rate of speed and eluded law enforcement for several hours by hiding in a creek northeast of Carroll. Scalco had reached a plea agreement with prosecutors in November but withdrew from the deal last week. Scalco's pretrial hearing is scheduled for March 6th and the jury trial will tentatively commence on March 21st. Combined, the charges carry a maximum penalty of up to 27 years in prison and nearly $40,000 in fines. As of today, Scalco remains in custody at the Carroll County Jail. Registration opens today for players interested in participating in the third annual Carroll Superdraft softball tournament to raise money for patients receiving care at the St. Anthony Regional Cancer Center. According to Katie Decker, one of the event's organizers and a radiation dosimetrist at the Cancer Center, a group of friends brought the Superdraft to Carroll in 2021, and the response from the community has been overwhelming. We have a committee that gives out funds to patients of the Cancer Center. We've given out gas cards and grocery cards, and we've bought tires for vehicles and batteries and paid for snow to get plowed and anything that will help make the patient's life a little bit easier. The last two years, we've been very successful. We were able to put in $10,000 into an account each year at the Cancer Center. So that's our goal this coming year is to raise enough money that we can continue on with putting in that money. The Carroll Superdraft does not operate like a traditional softball tournament. Instead of teams with set rosters registering, players sign up individually for $40 each and are then drafted by the team captains. Decker says interest from players has been high the past two years, so they are expanding each team's size from 12 to 13. People can register via PayPal or Venmo or cash or check. After that, the draft is April 1st, so we would like to get everybody signed up by then so that we can do our draft and pick our teams. Links to the various ways for players to register are included with this story on our website. Entry fees are just one way the Superdraft raises money. They also host an auction during the tournament that's scheduled for Saturday, May 13th. We've actually had donations already. The iCubs have donated. The Green Bay Packers have donated. We're hoping to get donations from Iowa State and Iowa. Big and deep for those. And we really, really want to get a autographed item from Purdy from the 49ers, so we're working on that. So we start working pretty early on those silent auction items. Individuals or businesses interested in providing silent auction items should reach out to any of the organizers. The Super Draft has grown each year it's held, and Decker says they have plans to go bigger and better in 2023. We definitely do have some things that we're going to add. They're still in the works and nothing is solidified, so I can't tell you, but it's more focused on the children so that we can get families out. We're looking to do some fun stuff that'll keep the kiddos entertained, and luckily we have some connections through our committee that can make that happen. 
The 2023 Carroll Super Draft is organized by Decker and her husband, Tad, Katie and Kyle Cornelius, and Nicole and Colby McCarville. And yesterday, District 11 Representative Brian Best of Glidden welcomed local FFA members to the Iowa House for the 38th Annual Legislative Symposium and FFA Day at the Capitol. The program, hosted by the Iowa FFA Association, was created to build character and promote citizenship, volunteerism, and patriotism in its members. Students met with their local legislators to learn about the legislative process, discuss issues facing the agricultural industry, and encourage their representatives and senators to continue supporting ag education and the FFA. Over 500 students from 70 chapters throughout Iowa attended Tuesday's symposium, including the IKM Manning and Carroll Area FFA chapters. Photos from the students' visit can be found included with this story on our website. And we do need to take a quick break here, folks. We'll be right back. More news is on the way right after this on KCIM. For your next surgical procedure, choose St. Anthony Regional Hospital. The St. Anthony Surgery Center provides a full range of surgical services using the best technology available. Our general surgeons cover numerous surgeries, including robotic gallbladder removal and hernia repair, laparoscopic appendectomy, diagnostic and cancer-related breast procedures, as well as important screening procedures such as colonoscopy and upper endoscopy. St. Anthony Surgery Center provides versatility and precision to surgeries that result in shorter hospital stays, less recovery time, and better outcomes for patients. Ask your doctor if you can have your surgery at St. Anthony Regional Hospital. Always look to the cross, always St. Anthony. Bruner, Bruner, Reinhardt, and Morton encourage you to thank a teacher today as we celebrate education during Catholic Schools Week. They are proud of our past and present educators for making a difference in the lives of so many students and creating the wonderful environment for students to learn and grow. This message during Catholic Schools Week from Bruner, Bruner, Reinhardt, and Morton. Welcome back to KCIM's Midday News. I'm Nathan Cones reporting. 17 Iowa nursing homes closed last year. Iowa Healthcare Association CEO Brent Willett says all but two were in rural communities. These facilities are closing as a result of financial strain primarily related to the cost of, of staffing facilities. Year-on-year uh, -year wage inflation of more than 15 percent has, has bitten into the sector. Uh, Medicaid rates have not moved in those two years and facilities in these smaller communities have found it impossible uh, to continue to, to operate. The Medicaid program pays for the care of over half of Iowa nursing home residents. Governor Reynolds is recommending an increase in Medicaid daily rates for nursing home care. Willett says he's optimistic legislators will increase that reimbursement rate. It's going to be a question uh, of, of uh, where to find those dollars and, and whether we can find enough to, to, to sort of stave off this, this, this wave of closures that we're currently experiencing. Medicaid reimbursement rates currently cover about 80% of the daily cost of care for a nursing home resident. So identifying uh, ways to close that gap uh, rapidly are, are of, uh, are of a, a, a significant level of urgency for everyone involved. Around 7 out of 10 Iowa nursing homes are holding beds open as a way to deal with the staffing shortages and budget shortfalls, according to a recent Iowa Healthcare Association survey. In the past two years, 39 Iowa nursing homes have closed, reducing the number of nursing home beds in the state by more than 800. Facilities are required to provide 60 days notice of a closure and help residents find care in another nursing home. Willett says it means residents have had to move farther away from family and friends, and they often have to adjust to a new primary caregiver. It's created challenges both logistically 
uh, and in terms of, of, uh, uh, of, of the experience for those residents. Nationally, 129 nursing homes closed in 2022. 13% of those were in Iowa. Didn't have any uh, closed right here in the immediate listening area, but there were a few kind of in the surrounding areas, including over in Fort Dodge as well as Humboldt. February is National Financial Aid Awareness Month for students seeking to further their education after high school, and Des Moines Area Community College is launching a new campaign to encourage students to complete the FAFSA, also known as the Free Application for Student Aid. The FAFSA is administered by the U.S. Department of Education and collects demographic and income-related questions from students to determine if they qualify for federal education assistance. DMAC Financial Aid Director Jerry McKean says, Unfortunately, many prospective students and families don't complete their FAFSA. Perhaps it's an awareness issue, or they think they won't qualify for grants or scholarships, but either way, it's worth the time to complete this form. We hope DMAC's awareness campaign will let people know that FAFSA is a valuable financial aid tool. According to DMAC, only about half of Central Iowa students complete the FAFSA in the community college's campaign. Don't hibernate, you'll be late, file your FAFSA aims to increase that percentage through student outreach, digital and traditional advertising, and more. The FAFSA completion deadline for students planning to enroll in the fall 23 semester at DMAC is July 1st, but McKean encourages students to complete it as soon as possible to qualify for additional funding, such as the All-Iowa Opportunity or Last Dollar Scholarships. Many high schools offer FAFSA completion assistance programs, and you can find a link to the FAFSA form included with this story on our website. And Republicans on a House committee have passed a bill that requires educators to notify parents if their child asked to be known by a different gender at school. Representative Skyler Wheeler of Hull is chairman of the House Education Committee. Schools do not have the right to keep secrets from parents. Democrats oppose the bill. Representative Art Stade of Cedar Rapids says students who fear their parents' reaction need to talk with a trusted teacher. I don't think it's any different than a child going to a priest to give confession. You wouldn't want them to share that publicly or with their parents. Representative Sharon Steckman, a Democrat from Mason City, says the bill sends the wrong message about Iowa. These divisive culture war bills will continue to worsen Iowa employers' ability to attract and recruit and retain a world-class workforce. Representative Stephen Holtz, a Republican from Denison, replied to those comments. We didn't start the culture war, but you can bet we are now engaged. This legislation is about respecting the rights of the parents in choosing how to raise their children and what standards by which they will raise their children. The bill did pass through the House Education Committee on Tuesday nights. It's now eligible for a vote on the full House floor. And that is going to wrap up your KCIM Midday News for Wednesday, February 1st, 2023. For these stories and many more, be sure to check us out online by following us on Facebook and Twitter, on the web at 1380kcim.com, or through the Carroll Broadcasting mobile app. I'm Nathan Cones, reporting.